Hey everyone! Welcome to the first episode of The Real Podcast. My name is Camille. And I am Mason. Today is July 21st, 2022. Um, we've been thinking about starting our podcast for a little bit, but this is our first episode and we'll we see are, where it goes. We are coming in with absolutely zero planning. So zero. If, if there is anyone listening to this right now, which... Who knows? Who knows? Um, please bear with us and keep that in mind as we go along. But, like, that's also on brand. It's it, just it going is. with it. That's, that, hence the name, real. Yeah. I mean, Camila and I see each other and talk to each other practically every day, but, like, it's just, there's always just stuff everywhere to talk about. Yeah. So, here's our inner thoughts. Yes, this is, this is just, um, putting it on the record, if you yeah. will. Yeah. Yeah. And so... Here we are. So, a little, I guess, introduction is, um, I'm Mason, we're from Buffalo, New York, in case this goes anywhere, but, like, <laughs> we're from Buffalo, um, and we're both, um, 18, eight days apart, we did the math, like, yes. ten minutes ahead of time, yes. eight days apart in age, um, we're both 18 and going into college, I'm going to Damon University, which, <laughs> as I clarified on take one, that <laughs> it is not Damon College anymore because of whatever, um, I'll be going for a PA program, um, I get my master's in five years and not six, and I will be commuting there because it's, like, a 20 minute drive, for at least freshman year. At least. But who knows after that. So I actually have a bunch of questions about college and, like, what that's going to be like for you. And I know you Not can't yet. completely answer them yet because Not you yet. haven't been to orientation and we haven't even started yet. But I've, I've been meaning to ask you about that, so maybe we'll right. get into that a little bit later. Right. Like, my orientation is... Um, like, to, like we said, it's the 21st. My orientation is on the 25th and 6th. It's a two-day ordeal that I don't really want to go to, but... Mind has been opened after everyone's, like, said how they like their orientation and, like, the people in theirs, including Camille, who had her orientation not too long ago. Yes, so, um, I am going to Baldwin-Wallace Conservatory in Cleveland, Ohio for, um, viola performance. So, I have a lot of plans, which would take right. me probably ten minutes to explain. <laughs> yeah. Um, but... I did have my college orientation, and I was dreading it. I was dreading going. Right. Because, as we both know, I'm a very... Not say, optimistic person. Well, I wouldn't know. That's not where I was going, but thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was going to say, I'm very selective okay. about who I choose to speak to. Right. Which is... Which makes me... My own worst enemy, I think, a lot of the time. But I did end up meeting a singular person that I yes, liked. One singular person. Yes. But that was that was honestly, like, my biggest fear that I would go to college and I wouldn't meet anybody. And to know already that I do have a friend that I know that, like, we will be friends is a good feeling. Yeah. So that gave me, like, a sense of security. But also really nailing down a lot of the information about college... Um, and I learned so much. I think orientation was really, really helpful for me. So I hope, I hope it goes well for you. And I, I don't think you should be like nervous. I, I think you'll do great, especially considering you're much, much more social than yeah, I am. Just a little. Just, just, just a little. <laughs> for reference, he has 140 people in his private story, and yeah. I have five. <laughs> 
So the stark difference. Camille keeps tabs on her private story. Like that's just how it works. Like if you aren't participating in the private story, like you're out. My private story is elite, really. The elite members only. But like I said, I had to be pretty selective with who went in there because it is my every waking thought. Yes. I am that annoying girl. But Almost like 20 times. Yeah. But the people in there enjoy it and don't well, make, yeah. me feel, make me feel bad about that. So, yeah, no. Um, Live for it, quite honestly. Because <coughs> it's like, I see it in my feed. I'm like, okay, I need to give updates because Camille updates like her life to like the five of us all at once. And so like if we're not keeping tabs, like we're, fa- we're falling behind. Yeah, very quickly. And honestly, the reason that I do have my private story is because I feel like so much happens in my life on a day-to-day basis that I, and I have those five people that I consider close friends, and I think it would be so exhausting for me to constantly update all of them on my different things, and then not remembering where I left off, like, I think it's just much easier to have a private story where I just post, and whoever's there to keep up can keep up. Mm Mm-hmm. Which most of the time it is all of them. Yes. Yeah. Because that's like a requirement. Yeah, Mason is the number right now. He is in the lead. Right now. We had a little bit of a scare um, the other day or yesterday. I don't remember. I don't remember the day either. The days are blending together. Um, I, Camille, was a little sick. Just a little. Just had COVID. But like, she's negative now. Yeah. The coughing is unrelated. I just do smoke twice a day. Right. Anyways, (laughs) Anyways, um, <laughs> Anyways. I, I'm in the clear now, but my very good friend Emma had brought me an iced caramel macchiato, which if this podcast continues, you will learn that that is my favorite drink of all time. Mm-hmm. And she one today, but their espresso machine was broken. Right. We're not going to talk about what happened today. It's quite tragic. But... Um, Emma brought that to me on her break, and Mason almost lost his mind when I posted on my story that Emma was in the lead. Um, And so he immediately rushes over to my house with chicken noodle soup from Panera, which we'll get into Panera later. Okay, yeah, that's like a whole That might be its own podcast episode. No, literally. Why I hate Panera. Panera is just... There are many thoughts. So many. I, I can't even begin to describe the way it makes me feel. Right. And I don't think any chain restaurant should be able to evoke such an, an emotion from me. No. No. So, Camille has her water now that... I needed... After the break, really. Yeah, it, it, there was no break for you guys, but there was... There's a small break in A, a small break for us. Yeah, I have my coffee that I'm finishing from... 10 a.m. and it is now like one <laughs> thirty. Um, the coffee is disgusting, by the way. It really tastes like river water, as Camille said, but I'm drinking it anyways because yeah, there's no good reason that I'm. There, there's absolutely <laughs> no good reason. Um, but I was thinking maybe we could talk a little bit about what we did in high school. I would specifically like right. to mention that. Mason was on our morning announcements, and you might think, you know, morning announcements, you know, on the speaker over, you know, over the loudspeaker in the morning. No, Mm-mm. not at Orchard Park High School. We had a full production yeah, team. A full production. And it it was every day. It was a it was a mini news a show. Little, a I news just, station. A news station. 
And there was honestly no need for that. No. But I only watched it for Mason. <laughs> and I would purposefully try to get his Apple Watch to go off during the morning announcements because I knew that he would feel it buzz and know that it was me. Yeah. I was only successful a couple times, but I stand by that. Right. Every single morning. Well, not every morning, but like... Any of the mornings that I was actually present. Yes. <laughs> which was very few. Very few. So, start by saying some things that you've done in high school. Well, right. Well, going off, like, the morning announcements, like, we... Our school was structured, like, we had homeroom every day, and homeroom was only, like, what, like, nine minutes long? But Something like during that. that short time... Um, we would play the morning announcements and like every, the news station or whatever had its own YouTube channel and every morning during homeroom, the teachers would have to open up the YouTube channel and go to the live stream to which we were giving the morning announcements for the morning on video. Which by the way, no one listened to and often, oftentimes the morning announcement was longer than homeroom yes so it would get cut off (laughs) (laughs) and then me reading the announcements people would not pay attention during homeroom naturally and then they would come to me and ask me when the clubs were meeting and even though i'm reading the announcement i would have zero idea what is going on in the school and so they asked me and i'm like i don't know and then they're like oh okay aren't you like doing the morning announcements i'm like no, like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not conscious when I'm doing that because let me remind you, homeroom is at eight in the morning. Like our school starts at seven twenty-five, and homeroom starts at like eight. And so I had senior year, I had first period open. So like, which basically our open campus is like, you can just like not be in the school for that period. And so I would come in late after first period, and then our homeroom was after that period, and I would go to homeroom. And might I remind you, I would wake up at, like, 7.50, and homeroom started at, like, 8. And so I would be on the morning announcements Monday morning, and I would have to be reading these long-ass teleprompter announcements that didn't even make sense half the time because no. teachers don't have proper grammar or punctuation or spelling for that matter and their last names are like 20 characters long and just the entire alphabet most of them basically and so it would cause a whole ruckus i would not be conscious i would stutter i would just like take 20 seconds to read the announcement and not read it out loud to people that people were live streaming and it was this whole thing but and every time he would stutter I would laugh (laughs) so hard in my little seat in homeroom. I would also like to point out that, Mason, you were so much more involved in high school activities than I was. Because I truly have always despised the area we live in, and I have never made... I just never made an effort to try to, like, really be a part of this community because I felt like my entire life it just didn't fit for me right and so for me going to college is like this is a fresh start where I feel like I can actually belong somewhere and I actually could contribute something which is like an entirely new feeling because for all of high school I just went around saying how much I hated the place because I did well like for clarification like we went to a high school that was very predominantly white and by predominantly i mean like 99 percent. 99 percent. and everyone had just backgrounds of money and like just fortune 
which, unfortunate lives. Which I feel like being in the school has given me sort of a, skew, a skewed perspective on social class. Right. Because for me, I'm from, I would say middle class. Middle class. Middle class. I mean, we're middle class people. Yeah, you and I are, I would, you and I are both now more middle class. Yes. Um, but like, I have definitely been lower, I, I've been in many different. Yeah. You've yeah. been in the lower spectrum for a little bit. I've been in the higher spectrum for a little bit, but now we're both in the middle. Yes. But it's very interesting because even though, to me, I, I think I drive a nice car. Yeah. And I drive, I drive a fortunate. Tw- yeah, I drive a 2014 Ford Taurus, okay. and which I would will be changing. I would, which will be changing soon. Yes. But um, I would see someone pull up in their the Audi or Infinity, Audi or Lexus, you know Lincoln, anything really. Who was that one kid with the really fancy car? Maserati. Maserati. And and that makes you feel like you're lesser than, which is crazy. Because it's like, it's no way that those people, like, I mean, there's probably some people, but like, most of them did not work hard for that. And like... I would argue all of them. Argue, yeah. I mean, there, may, there might be one, maybe, I don't know. But like, oh, there's the dryer, by the way. So like... <laughs> when, when we do this we are currently the current studio if you will is my basement right and currently there is laundry going on in the background and so the little background noise and the occasional meow from the cats that are down here as well with us they're joining us for a little spectator the peanut gallery if you will <laughs> the um, gallery. that's the dryer so get friendly with it um get that's familiar a little, with it little home ringtone right a little character if you will a spice so um anywho anywho (laughs) so mason i would i would also just like to highlight the fact that mason is one of my closest friends like camille's my closest friend and i just would not trade him for anything but we are polar polar opposites polar opposites absolutely as different as they come Mason was on the track team. Yes. Which I like to use that term in a derogatory way. So if there are any track fans listening, if Mule I does say not like you, if essentially. I, <laughs> if I say that you look like you do track, it is not a compliment. Yeah. Mason doesn't look like he does track, so he's exempt. Yeah. But um like I said, I'm a musician, so pretty much all of high school I was just in the music wing. The music kids. Right, music but I wing. wasn't I wasn't really You're you're not a music kid. Like I'm not a track kid, you're not a music kid. Yeah. We come from those categories. Yes. Because the music kids at Orchard Park, I th- they were just They were a little much. Not I, much, they were just nothing. I was just in a separate category. Yeah. I feel like because I was so involved in the music world in the general western New York area, like I have so many professional connections in that way outside of school and I feel like a lot of the time I didn't really focus any of my emotion or energy into cultivating relationships in school because 
I was so focused on things that would actually help to jumpstart my career. Yeah. Because I have opportunities. been... Opportunities. Yeah. But I, I have been playing for... Your whole life. 12 years. Yeah. 12 years. And so that is really an, a, a huge part of my identity. Um, and the Orchard Park Music Department has definitely helped me a lot. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely not where I grew into myself as a musician. That was all outside learning and working with professionals and learning by doing. Yeah. For me, I think high school was so difficult because a lot of the times I would be sitting in class thinking, what am I doing here? Like, I could be doing so many other things that would be so much more productive. Yeah. For my life right now. So, I don't really know. I'm just so thankful that this chapter of my life is over and I can finally go on to the next. So... I'm really excited to see what this is going to bring for both of us. I mean, I'm really excited for you. All right, like, our, we graduated almost a month ago. Um, it feels a lot more I mean, we've that. been out of school for a month and a half, but our graduation was, like, two weeks after our last day of school. So, yeah. like, it's felt longer, but it hasn't been too long. But, like, we're both on a path that we both wanted to get out of. And, like, now we get to go on like a path that we can choose and like kind of guide ourselves with without having to deal with or forced to deal with people who don't understand that and are not always cognizant of people that are not like them I think that is like one of the biggest problems I had with Orchard Park is everyone is the same everyone's the same everyone is the same and I mean I'm sure it's like that at a lot of other high schools too but in Orchard Park, I think there's such a cookie-cutter notion and that if you aren't this certain way, that it's just not going to work. Yeah. And that was such a big problem for me because I literally walked around the halls knowing that I was disliked. Yeah. And that was a hard feeling, especially when I was going through so many other things outside yeah. of school. And that made going to school so much more difficult for me. Yeah. So... Like I said, I'm just so excited to be in a place where I will actually be excited to go to class and excited to learn because this Mm -hmm. is finally, I'm finally starting to learn in my field where it actually matters. Yeah. Yeah. And like the pro, like going back to like everyone's the same, like everyone from our school is like that, that basic, like. Lululemon wearing yeah like high end like let's like sit in class and like disrespect everyone any authority figure yeah and like I mean the younger grades were way worse than our grade was I would also like to uh, I I would like to think that some of that is COVID yes I mean some of that is COVID obviously like the like there was a relax in amount of respect that pe- like younger people have and like now that it was more relaxed and like younger kids are used to that sort of dynamic it's like now they're still they're still treating that dynamic like that and 
thoughts are not coming to me. No, I'll take over. Yeah. They were so, teachers were so lenient during COVID. Yeah. But I would argue it's because they had to be. Yes. They They had to be. be. And it was also, I think it was like a self-preservation type ordeal because it was so difficult for teachers during COVID. Mm -hmm. But I think the reason that the underclassmen were just so disrespectful. I mean, I saw some things that I just, I would never, so much. I would never speak to a teacher the way I have heard some of those freshmen and sophomores talk yeah. to teachers. Um, like teachers are like still people. They're still people, but they also have a job that is so difficult. Right. So difficult. And I think most people don't really realize how hard it is to be a teacher. And I mean, I couldn't really even imagine, but I, 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 never, I never, <laughs> I would definitely get fired within like two seconds. I could not keep my cool. I would, I would snap at a kid if if he gave me the dirty look. I would just go over to his desk and just like flip it over on him, like sh- yeah. just throw him out the window, really, <laughs> off the third floor. You know, um, highly illegal. But. Highly illegal. <laughs> um, but I think, I think middle school is such an important time developmentally. Mm-hmm. And because these kids were, you know, at home during this time, they did not really get the ex- the development experience, development experience, or the chance to grow up. Because I think middle school is just such an important transitional time. Yeah, it's weird. And it's every- weird. It's a popularity contest. Everyone is losing, but like everyone's losing. Everyone is losing. Nobody is winning. Like if you're in middle school and you feel like you're the shit, you're wrong. Like, you're wrong. And no one can look back at their middle school self and be like, oh, yeah, like, I was I was good. Like, no. no, you weren't. No, you weren't. You're lying to yourself. No. And I feel like because of that, it's just, like, the amount of stunted growth going into freshman year when their last real year of school was sixth grade. Yeah. Like, that is crazy to me. That is crazy. Yeah. Because, I mean, I think about the amount of growth that happened... For me, between sixth and eighth grade, like completely different people, and I would, I would almost, from an objective standpoint, I would argue that more growth happens during middle school than high school. Yeah, for a lot of people, at least, because I know a lot of people that got to high school and were pretty much just stagnant. Yeah. I mean, I think, personally, I changed a little bit more than high, in high school, but, like, I also had a different case. So, like, yeah. Um, I, I did change a lot in high school, um, but, I mean, I'm talking, like, puberty and yeah, mindset. Yeah. That, in that sort of sense. Um, I think high school was definitely just a negative experience for me. Yeah. I, I mean, I can pick up, like, a handful of enjoyable experiences that I had from high school, but other than that, I mean, I would not do it over. Mm-hmm. I would not do it over. You would have to pay me so much money. Um, anyways. And the people that are like, high school's, like, the best years of your life. Like, that better not be true. Because, like, if that was the peak, it's going to be a rough act. <laughs> No, and I think it's so frustrating when people say that because... It's so not true. It's so not true. It is so not true. Like, life is not... You're not even beginning life, getting out of 
high school. Like, you're just, you are just starting right. your life. Like, you don't have any responsibilities, yes. But, like, at the same time, like, I'll take the responsibilities and live a good life without, like, I, I don't know. I don't think that the responsibility portion of it is so much that it's, like, these are the best years ever. No. And mm-hmm. I think there are so many people that peaked during high school. Mm-hmm. And I can name... Uh, j- just a few. Just a few. Yeah. Um, but something I think is also very interesting is the amount of people staying in Buffalo. Okay. Well, Way, way to okay. go for me like that. Well, I, lo- <laughs> I love you, Mason. But I mean people that want to stay in Buffalo for the rest of their lives. Right, yeah. That's what I mean by that. Because mm. I, I had talked to so many different classmates... Who had told me, I love it here. Like, I want to send my kids to Orchard Park. I, I want to stay here. I want to have kids and just, you know, be a mom or have a family. And it's like, it's weird for me to hear that because yeah. my idea of my life and the way I see it going is so, not that. so vastly different <laughs> from that. It's not that in the slightest. No, not at all. But I and props to them. Yeah, like, go ahead. Go ahead. Not me, though. But not, yeah. Not, not me. Not though. us. <laughs> like, there's so much more to experience than living in the same community with the same surroundings. Like, But so many people do that. Right. And, like, part of the problem is that, like, it, there's a known thing here called, like, the Orchard Park Bubble. And, basically, it's this created environment of just everything is good and... There's no worries, and you don't have to actually try in life. There's no crime, and everything's easy, and you don't have to worry about anything. And I think that that creates such a false sense of security. Mm -hmm. And I think there's such a huge difference between being in the bubble and being unaware of it, and being in the bubble and knowing you're in the bubble. Yes. And Camille and I both are very aware that we are in the bubble. Very, very much aware. But I think the difference... For me, at least, I would say for you too, mm-hmm. is that I've had so many experiences outside yes. of the bubble, out in the real world, mm-hmm. where things are not just easy. Everything's handed to you. It and I think, in that way, Orchard Park does such a disservice to so many of its students because it is such a false sense of security, and I I don't think, I don't think it's a good thing to perpetuate. No. Not that attitude. I mean, Orchard Park, I mean, this has just turned into, like, a shitting on Orchard Park moment. <laughs> I hey, mean, granted, I mean, if our first podcast episode right. is us talking about transitioning out of high school, I mean, I'm not mad at that. Yeah, no. I mean, it's a good discussion. Like, this, like, we would have hit this at some point. Yeah. Um, I mean, granted, Orchard Park is, like, a, just a good, like, educational place to go to, even if it doesn't have the right morals and guiding people to, like, be prepared for life. It does offer like good education and there are people there to like go and talk to and like the teachers are nice and real and real real podcast real um, um but i mean one good thing that came out of it was that camille and i were friends yes um a little origin story on that you know just 27 and a half minutes in is <laughs> how um, mason how and i met, met. yes um, Basically, our school does this little program called the Academy of Finance. and Which we were both no longer in by the time we, we graduated. Yes, we both had dropped it by the time we graduated. And Academy of Finance, I don't know if it's across all states. It might be 
a Northeast, I don't know. I know. Uh, I think I, it's in the United States. I think it's in the United States, but um, I don't think it's it's not every high school. Yeah, it's not everyone. Um, but we had this program, and it was geared towards business. So you would take like leadership, iComp, like computer skills, um, banking and credit, accounting, all of those classes that would like gear you for business orient and. We were both in that program because it was, like, a prestigious program or whatever. And, like, you had to apply for it. And, and my like, parents forced me into yeah. it. And so everyone was in the same homeroom. All the Academy of Finance kids. So I knew of Camille freshman year because we were in the same homeroom. And I was friends with this one girl, Sophia Qualiana. Oh, I and, thought we weren't name dropping. Okay. Yes. Um, and Sophia was friends with both me and Camille. And that's how I met Camille. Like, we didn't, like... She didn't introduce us, but, like, we just know each other through her. And then, um... We didn't have any classes. But the one class, our first class ever together, was Accounting 1. And Accounting 1 was... Sophomore year. Sophomore year, full year course. And I would like to, before we even delve into this story... (laughs) I would like to preface with the fact that sophomore year was the worst year of my life. Yeah. And I was at rock bottom for 90% of it. And I truly do not remember much other than accounting. Yeah. I truly don't. I I only really remember us talking and... During class. And me being crazy. Yeah. And I actually did fail accounting. So as much as much homework and test answers that I gave Camille and just gave it to her, Camille still failed the class. Well, <laughs> see, someone had to do it. I mean, no. The reason Camille and I were friends was because um, that class was, you know, your regular like. Everyone in that class just was business-oriented, was very popular-ish, per se. And, I don't know, like, was just generally liked by the school. And the problem was I didn't have any friends in that class, and you didn't have any friends in that class. And so our teacher, Mr. Agnew, who, great guy, I love Mr. Agnew. I absolutely love him. He's retired now. Yes. I hope his farm is going well. I, I hope he's... Absolutely happy on his little pig farm. Mm-hmm. He's a very smart man. Very smart. Very smart. Very, very great teacher. And he said, you know, the, his little um, agenda was that as soon as someone in the class could memorize everyone's name and where they all sit, we can choose our seats. I don't remember that. You weren't there for it. Okay. So it wouldn't matter. So the kid that was assigned next to me goes up there and, you know, writes all the names of everyone on the board, and so we get to pick our seats. And so I sit in the back, and Camille struts in probably 20 minutes late, because that was the usual. That was the usual for sophomore year. And... I was constantly in um, the counseling office, constantly getting called down to the main office. Just not there, period. Not there, period. Hall monitors looking for me. (laughs) Um... The wanted student. The wanted student. I was actually labeled an at-risk student sophomore year. I don't think you ever knew that. I, I was, know. I was, yes, I was labeled an at-risk student for the school district um, sophomore year, which mm-hmm. just goes to show how bad it was yeah. sophomore year. I definitely should have been junior year, but no one needed to know that. No one needed to know that. My business was out and I wore it on my fucking arm. Like, I... Fucking wave my freak flag all around. Everybody knew my business, Everyone. and I didn't care. Yeah, and ev- that's why, which added to the hate. 
Which because adds everyone to the didn't like the fact that Camille was like a strong person. And out there. Yeah, and I, I'm very outspoken, which also did not help my case. No. Um, I, I don't think I've ever bitten my tongue in my life. No. Um, which just really did not serve me well. No, it did not. But, anyways. Anyways. So, so our first conversation... By the way, no, you no. I'll get there in a minute. Why don't you? No, I'll get, I'll get there in a minute. Camille will get there in a minute. Just you continue with your seating yeah. story. So Camille sits next to me because she walked in ten minutes late. And that was the only open chair, and it was in the back corner of the room, like back back corner, like five rows of desks back corner, and we're sitting next to, I don't know if I, I won't say his name, but like strong Republican everything. And like complete opposite of me, by the complete way. Complete opposite politically. And I'm in the middle, and like I'm like more moderate, and I don't really care. Like I respect everyone's opinions and like I just keep it to myself. Not me. And Camille, of course, not that. And so <laughs> right off the bat, I have an argument on the left and the right of me, but that's besides the point. So Camille and I sit next to each other, and she already has me figured out from the very beginning. From the very beginning. So I actually did not remember this until Mason brought it up the other day. But I said, and it's so on brand for me to do this, because Mason and I, I don't think we had ever really spoken. Never. Not, no. e- not even once. We had not, we have never said hello, never whatever. I sit down next to him, I go, are you gay? <laughs> and I'm like, no. Wrong! Wrong! Wrong. Wrong. Because I hadn't figured it out at that point. I mean, I'm not that I'm like 100% gay. I'm more like bi, but on the gayer side. Right, we'll, we'll check in on like two years. We'll check in in like two years, yeah. Def wrong about that too. More like two months. Mm, yeah, more like a month, really. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I follow up with, do you have an eating disorder? <laughs> and I'm like, no. Wrong! Camille grabs my rest. No, this is the first time I'm meeting this woman. And she, she's sitting next to me. She grabs my rest and is like feeling my arm. And I'm like, what is happening right now? And she goes, do you have any eating disorder? And I was like, no. That was, and I would feel like. Completely I, out of blue. I should apologize for that. No. Because if that happened to anybody else, I think they would have a breakdown and start crying. Yeah. I I think sophomore year Camille was just the most insensitive. I do not give a fuck. I like you can't get any worse than that. Yeah. So at least I know I've already hit rock bottom. Yes. I mean I don't think it can really get much lower. Um. Anywho, so you know our first conversation, I read Mason like a fucking open book. Yeah. Before he even has these I didn't realizations. Even know. I didn't know I had any disorder. I didn't know that I would be interested in other men. Um, but... I knew from the beginning. Camille knew. All along. And all she along. was ahead of me. By years. Yes. Multiple years. And so, I I look over at Camille, and she opens up her book. Her, her long-ass journal with plans of... Well, more so like tracking what you're doing, your schedule and whatever. And she goes, yeah, I'm thinking of moving out. You're like 14. Yeah. You're like 14 and you're like, I just need to move out. Like, I just hate my family. I can't take it anymore. I just need to move out. 
And I'm like, Camille, this is a very bad decision. And like, this is like day two. I'm like, Camille, this is a bad decision. I'm worried about you. Like, we can't do this. You walk I'm in, worried about you. You walk it. No, I I was so concerned from like the first and second day that Camille, I went home and talked to my mother about Camille. And like, I'm like, because I knew my mom, she had moved out at like 16. And I knew that was a shit experience for her. And so I'm like, Camille just cannot go through the same thing. And so I come back to school, or no, I texted you, and I was like, I just think this is a bad idea, I don't want you to do this, my mom did this, and it was really bad. You come in the next morning, and you go, oh my god, look who cares about me. (laughs) And I go, oh yeah, well, I don't want you to die at 15. I don't remember that either. You come in, you sit down, and you're like, I don't know, I just, Mason, I just can't take it. And to be fair, I couldn't take it. No, you couldn't. Um... That's a whole story for another time. She did not move out. I did not Spoiler move out. Spoiler alert. alert. I did not end up moving out. I was no. very close. Very close. Very close. Meaning, I had gone through all of the logistics. I, the I mean, the financials, the housing. I mean, I really had all of my ducks lined up. Apartment picked out. Apartment picked out, ready to go. No credit check needed. Like, yeah. I was ready to go. Yeah. So, um, in a lot of ways... I think it's crazy because I met this random kid who I had nothing in common with and practically berated on the first day I met him. Right. And he ended up saving my life. Aw. And that's crazy. That is so crazy for me to think about. But I think if you get anything from the story that Mason just told you... Don't take it, don't take away from this that I'm a crazy bitch. No. No. I'm sure you'll get used to it if you listen Tune once. in, if you tune in you more tune than in. once. Um, but he is so caring, and I just think that he is such a pure soul. Aw. Yeah, you're so pure. Aw. And I'm so appreciative for you, and I really think that my life changed for the better after taking that accounting class. Did I absorb any information from the no. class whatsoever? No. 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 Did I actually sneak out the back door of the class when Mr. Agnew wasn't looking? <laughs> yes. yes. And did the whole class make an announcement that Camille was walking out the back door every time she did it? Yes. yes. <laughs> and was Camille hungry every single day because it was six period before lunch? Yes. yes. And did she ask me for Tim Hortons multiple times? Yes. Um, but we made it through. But we did make it through. We did make it through. And then COVID hit. And then COVID hit. <laughs> Because that was our sophomore year. Yeah, sophomore year. I don't even... Camille and I did not talk once over COVID, I don't think. You went through your whole crazy phase over COVID. That's true. I was off the rails. We did not talk for a long time, and then we got back on track because we had English together junior Junior year. Junior year. And that class, okay... Our teacher, Mr. Frederick. God bless his soul. God bless his soul. Such, a, such an intelligent man. He's an intelligent man. Great teacher. However, I suck <laughs> at English. I am so bad. My reading comprehension skills are... Just expel me from the school <laughs> at that point. It's horrendous. We would I have read no poems. clue how you were in AP Lang. No way. We had to take an entrance exam. There was no way I passed that entrance exam, but they were definitely <laughs> scraping the bottom of the bucket for kids, and I was selected for that class. And Camille and I sat diagonally from each other. And Mr. Frederick, who, by the way, I had freshman year, and he liked me that year. But all of a sudden, it took a whole 180 junior year. <laughs> 
<laughs> and Mr. Frederick was appalled by the regression <laughs> that I had in English. And naturally, Camille was in my class, and we had accounting the prior year together. And she goes, why don't we just, like, start a Google Doc in class? And I'm, like, the basic, like, schoolboy mentality of, like, I need to pay attention on my studies. I need to pay attention in class. I don't want to get caught. I don't want to break the rules. And Camille's like, well, let's just, like, type in our doc. And I was like, I guarantee Mr. Frederick doesn't even know how to use his computer. (laughs) No. But Mr. Frederick definitely had figured out by the end of the year that we were typing in a doc. Because multiple (laughs) times... Multiple times he would call on me and I would not be paying attention. And we are in the AP class with the top of the end students, and I would make up some random bullshit, and everyone would just look at me like I was crazy. And I would, I no, thank God I had my mask on because I would turn, I would turn my head ninety degrees to the wall and laugh my ass off. And I would turn to Camille, and either she was in the bathroom, texting, <laughs> either she was in the bathroom, or she would be shitting her pants, pissing her pants, both at the same time, next to me, because she knew that I had just made up the most class A bullshit in the entire world. And no one was buying it. No one. Not even Mr. Frenchick. He would be like, okay. And then he would go to this other girl, and she, and she... Would she would just Redeem know it. the answer? Yeah, she would just know. But I would also um, like to point out that by the end of our junior year, our doc was over a hundred pages long. Over a hundred pages. Over a hundred pages long. We had and to go through that at some point. We will, because we were. We were mental. We I were was mental. mental. <laughs> yeah. No, I took your spot. You yeah, you did. Year. Yeah, you really did. Um, another thing is that. Mason is a little challenged in the English department. <laughs> However, <laughs> I um, na- writing comes pretty naturally to me, and I've always well, I can't been. Write. I just can't read. I've but... always been in the advanced English classes, and so nine times out of ten, um, <laughs> nine times out of ten, I would literally pull an essay out of my ass at like. One in the morning. Three in the morning. Three in the morning. This essay took me maybe 30 minutes to write. High off your ass. High off my ass writing this essay. Took me maybe maybe 30 minutes. I'd get like a 95. Mason would spend hours. 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 Blood, sweat, tears, everything. On an essay. And it's like 82. And it's like 82. (laughs) And it would be the lowest in the class. Because everyone would get like a 90 or higher. And then there would be me. And he would get so mad at me. So pissed. He would get so pissed that I would get a better grade than him. I would, all caps, in the doc, because I couldn't yell. So all caps. I'm like, (laughs) I got a fucking 82. And then I'd be like, you probably got like a 97. And lo and behold. 97. Camille got a 97. On an essay that she literally pulled out of her ass while I was unconscious. Yeah. Um... One of my favorite moments from AP Lang is when Mr. Frederick... (laughs) Get this one out. When Mr. Frederick called on you and you were in. <laughs> we were in the poetry unit. <laughs> no, I, we were in the. I'll finish the thought while you get your breath back. We're, we're in poetry. He hands us his poem, which. 
God help me <laughs> with poetry. That I have bad reading comprehension. Like I failed the New York State test in reading comprehension every year I took it. And that's so funny. And that's so funny. And it never improved. And so we're in the poetry unit, which you know, apparently there being a poster on the wall means that like the guy misses his wife. Like like apparently. And so <laughs> it was nowhere near that thing. It was not that. But the poem was, like, about... I don't even remember what it was about. It was, like, about, like, a field and reminiscing or something like that. Like they mostly are. No, like, the guy, I think... I thought that the poem was about, like, someone <laughs> died and, like, the guy misses his wife and, like, like a whole thing. No. This poem was, like, about this one lady who's, like, out dancing and, like... In a field. Like, in a field. Like, picking daisies. And I'm like, he calls on me, and I go, well, I think that this line, and I repeat the line, after, like, looking for it for ten minutes, because I'm not paying attention. I read the line, and I go, yeah, like, it's such a... <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> I go, this sound is, like, such a vibe. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, like, it's such a vibe. Like, I lost (laughs) it. I lost it. I'm hearing Camille lose her shit behind me. And I'm like, this is like a vibe. Like, the guys start reminiscing over his dead wife. (laughs) And Mr. Fletcher goes, no, I don't think so. And And calls on someone else. Um, I also think something that was so funny is that most of the time it would be dead silent in that class because it would just be Mr. Frederick talking for 40 minutes and Mason and I would have to try to quietly type well no one else has their Chromebook open (laughs) no one else is typing everyone's just looking up at the screen there would be no reason to type No reason. and we would be banging on our keyboard (laughs) it was rough it was and that class was like 12 people might yeah. I remind you, because it's COVID, and only half the school went to school every other day. And we could not get away with it, but we managed. We managed to get 100 pages cranked out. I have one more honorable mention um, <laughs> from our AP Lang days. We were writing um, a research paper. Um, a research paper. Actually, I don't know if that one was... Yes, it was. We were writing a research paper. <laughs> no, I think it was... No, we had to write... A group of three essays. Oh, yeah. It was the group of three. Okay. We had to write three essays on three separate books. And it had to... We had, like, a structure of, like, it needed... One needed to be argumentative. One needed to be, like, a synthesis essay. And the other needed to be... I don't even know what the other type was. Antithesis. Was it, like, a literary element sort of deal? Yeah, whatever. Literary analysis. Yeah. Like, yeah. I... Had been absent for a while. Might I remind you, we were assigned this two weeks prior to the due date. And everyone knew when the due date was. I just didn't care. I just didn't care. I write two and a half argument essays. And then the second half of my third essay is just bullshit. And I managed to get a 97. Yeah. Um, that, that wasn't even the moment that I was talking about. This is, this is a different one, which I, I know you're going to die when you remember this. We were writing about, um, Biden's presidential speech. 
Wait, you can explain that while I go retrieve this bitch. Oh my god. So, Mason, God bless his soul. God bless him. Because he could just, he could just not figure out how he was supposed to write this. And he's reading this to me, and there's this one line that says, It sounds like something he would say, meaning Biden. It sounds like something Biden would say. And that was supposed to be giving it credibility. But instead he just said, It sounds like something he would say. I don't remember what the literary element exactly was that we were supposed... Like, I don't remember the name of it. But it was, like, something to do with credibility. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think it was, like, one of the pathos logos and ethos. No. Which we had to Google every time, by the way. Um, let's see if I can pull this up. Copy of Mason going public signing statements. Is that what it is? Oh, no, that's AP Gov. <laughs> Scared. Oh, wait, maybe it isn't. Oh, yeah, it is. AP Gov was a whole thing, actually. Um, Biden rhetorical response. Biden rhetorical <laughs> response. And so, so, I don't even remember. Hold on. Let's read, let's, let, let's read through this. Hold on. I believe that, so we had to pick, we had to, like, so, um, a author had, um, an author had, like, written a statement or whatever about Biden or, like, whatever this literary element was. Um, and Fowles wrote a review. And I said, I, I think he's right. Because Biden did not use rhetorical language, which I did not specify. I said <laughs> he just did not use it. And it seems like... <laughs> and it seems like the speech that Biden was giving was for all for America to hear. <laughs> And, you know, then I pull some quotes, you know, to, like, make it look like I'm doing okay. And Biden stayed close to the language of the other presidents. <laughs> I also, I said, I also believe that it was important to have the correct, <laughs> to have the right amounts of authenticity and realism. <laughs> and I go, and I quote, this speech sounds like it was something Joe Biden would deliver after hearing him debate and campaign over many months. He, and I quote, he also uses realism a lot. <laughs> because he mentions the pandemic and war on terrorism. I just can't even believe how bad this was and then you would be shocked that you got a bad grade <laughs> literally shocked out of my mind that this would get like a 70 and i would be like why and i would go i would make even go as far as to go to mr frederick after class and be like why did i get such a bad grade and this is the essay <laughs> and he would be like well i don't think you're getting the point and i was like i think i'm getting the point as i produce this oh my god the, just, the whole class was just this a is just full a gem. disaster. Biden continues to talk about the importance of unity and healing into a better nation. Thank you, Mason Squara, for capping what every president's goal is, ever. <clears throat> it was a whole... There, you have a couple good sentences in okay, here. I would have a couple, but then I would throw in that it sounds like Biden would say that. <laughs> and then it throws the whole thing off. 
And some of these aren't even full sentences. Like, these are fragments. Hold on. Like, he uses realism a lot. I mean, that's a sentence, but, no, like... No, but... Um, oh, my God, I don't remember what it just was. Including his thoughts on foreign nations and leading by example, period. <laughs> <laughs> like, see, so, yes, English was tough. Um, I should have known from the get-go, because in New York, we have these standardized tests, which I think it was under, like, the core... Common Core curriculum that does, I, that does that still exist? I think so. I think so. I, it was introduced by Obama, I think, and our state adopted it. And basically, every year we would have these standardized tests called the New York State Test. And you would start taking them in third grade, and you would take them once a year, every year until eighth grade. And it was a test on math, a test on English, English. and then starting in fifth grade, you would do, or no, you would do a science in fourth and eighth grade, and I took the test in third grade. Now, I hated English so much when I was eight years old. I was eight that I go, I get the packet of the test and I go, oh, not again. <laughs> I go, not again, as eight years old. And you fail it. And <laughs> I go, I don't want to take a test right now. And so I flip to the, op- I open the page and you know how like those tests are for reading comprehension that are like, it's like a long ass page long story. And then it's like six questions that follow based Literally on the story. the easiest thing in the world. Easiest task in the world. And I go, <laughs> I don't want to read this. And I read the first sentence and just circle random answers for the whole New York State test. That was me on the AP macroeconomics. Every question. I got a one on the, on the AP economics. I got a one. A one. You would match Kelly Jones. She also got a one. Really? I thought she knew what was going on. I think she got a one. Oh. Um, but no, this New York State test, I guessed on every single every single one. I said, oh, this answer looks right. This, this sentence is formed properly. I'll choose that one. And I did that for the whole state test. And naturally, I failed it by, like, a mile. Like, I was... They, they give you little, like... They put you in special ed classes. Yeah. Like, they give you a scale. And, like, green is, like, good. And, like, light green is, like, you know, good enough. Yellow is, like, needs, like, more attention, needs more focus. And red is, like, you need help. And I was at the bottom of the red. I was at the bottom of the red. And so they placed me in this AIS program, which was, like, for, like, extra... They put you in AIS? Yeah, in third... For fourth grade. I was put in, like, this special, like, classroom for learning English and, like, formulating sentences and whatever. Which I knew. I just didn't want to take the New State test. So, like, naturally I failed everything that was on it. And so they were teaching me all the stuff that I already knew. And so, but the, but the worst part was that we took the state test again in fourth grade and I did just as bad. <laughs> and I actually tried at that time. And so my mom goes, yeah, no, this AIS program is not for you. And she pulled me out. And then I never took a state test again because you could opt out of those. And I opted out of every state test going forward. My mom always made me take them. <laughs> And it was a traumatic experience every time. I Is remember... that Courtney's countdown? Yeah. We'll have to watch that in a minute. That, that podcast is not ready for Courtney's countdown. No, it's not. I don't even remember. Well, we're going to highlight that on another episode. But this first episode has been... I didn't think this went the direction that either of us expected it to go. No. But no. here we are. But here we are. And I think that we just needed to talk about this. Um, so basically, we're going on tour. We'll be in... Buy your tickets. Buy your tickets now. Um, they're on sale at 
uh, a real podcast. SeatGeek.com. Um, website is coming soon. <laughs> just kidding. It's not. It's not. But no, we'll probably make a website because we're just that bad shit crazy. Yeah, we really are. But like, you know. Maybe we'll make March and it's only us that we're at. Yeah. Yeah. No, for real. And then everyone's going to be like, what the fuck? And we're going to be like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like real. Real. Real podcast. So. So. I if you are listening. Which. I doubt God it. Knows. God knows, really. <laughs> but um, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in. And, and I hope that this wasn't completely scatterbrained. Yeah. I mean, we are a little crazy, but like... We tried. They'll, uh, you know, we just were down for a silly, goofy time. And yeah. whatever happens, happens. And... We have many, many, many <clears throat> plans for different um, podcast topics in the future. Of course. This is yeah. a whole thing. So jump on board. Jump you on know. board with us while we're starting, and then you can be one of those cool people that say, I knew them before they were cool. Yeah, you know. And, like, I don't know. I mean, we're, we're not going to talk about high school every time. But, like, no, just I a little think, introduction, you know. Because we are. This is a transition period in our lives, and yeah. I think that this is a good way for our first episode to go, because we are just exiting high school. Yeah, of course. So, we will continue to talk about many, many things, and as we get into college, I'm sure we'll highlight some of our experiences in mm-hmm. there. So, yeah, that is... That's the conclusion of episode one. This is the conclusion one. of episode one of The Real Podcast with Camille. And Mason. Bye!